morning, everyone, and you're very welcome to this episode of the GS1 Ireland Scan Talk podcast. Today, I'm chatting to Keith Gallagher, Regional Sales Manager Ireland with True Commerce. And we're going to be talking about ways you can bring sort of digital transformation into your supply chain. Uh, we'll have a look at the, the services and offering that True Commerce have here in the Irish market. And in particular, we'll have a quick look at some of the impacts that Brexit is having on the Irish marketplace. Good morning, Keith. You're very welcome. Good morning, Maria. Do you want to just give us a quick introduction to True Commerce, uh, their history in Ireland, some of the services they offer for the benefit of those that are listening? Yeah, sure. So, so as a, I guess as a quick overview and introduction, my name's Keith Gallagher, and I, I represent the True Commerce business in Ireland. And to give a bit of, a bit of context as to who we are and, and where we came from, so we're a, a supply chain solutions provider. Um, we have representation in Ireland, UK, Denmark, um, and the US uh, as our, our, our predominant markets. Um, I guess most people would be familiar with us from an EDI perspective. We have a, a very sort of visual front end on that in terms of our representation with the Irish retailers like Musgrave, Dunstores, BWG, Woody's, these type of guys. Um, yeah, and, and I guess our predominant focus would be around retail distribution and manufacture. Um, how we came about and, and I, I guess the genesis of it all was that we were an EDI business uh, originally out of the UK and set up uh, operations in Ireland uh, around about 10 years ago now um, and that was to on the back of sort of uh, Irish Hardware Association and, and, and sort of the retail side of things in Ireland um, worked quite well uh, through acquisition then we became part of True Commerce which made us more of a, a global operation uh, and certainly the, the focus these days is around our, our European and, and US operations how we work together which sort of aligns with how the markets have gone for a lot of people um, no longer do we just look at a local supply supply chains have elongated and changed uh, and I guess our geographic location and, and footprint fits in with that then as well and uh, we, we tend to have a, a pretty global experience in this, this side of things anyway. And I suppose given the, the world that we're living in at the moment with COVID and Brexit, how have you, have you seen, you know, particular changes in the last sort of 12 months? Yeah, it's been, been very interesting as a business to sort of be on the, 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 the side of things, to be honest, because our direct customers are the ones right at the forefront of it. And um, very much our role in it is to assist them with any change that they're undergoing or or have had to undergo in, in the last 12 months or so. So certainly it was always in our plans and, and we'd acquired businesses and, and sort of developed our own systems um, going back two, three years ago uh, with, with this in, in, in mind was that we were going to be very much a digital transformation business and, and sort of work further into the supply chains. And just so happens that, yeah, with, with the with the onset of, of COVID and, um, yeah, and definitely in light of Brexit recently as well, that those changes have came quicker to the market really than, than, than even we could have expected. So, um, yeah, yeah, very hard to prepare when, when stuff just happens. <laughs> and is the, I suppose, is your customer base here in Ireland? Is it across the board? Is there particular industry sectors or different company sizes that you, you want? Uh, it's not to be honest. We 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 pretty much do work across the board. So alongside the the really big clients, the the sort of Glombias and uh, and Musgraves of the world, we also have uh, partners or, or customers that that have one 
big customer uh, and that's who they need to supply to and that's all important to them which makes it all important to us so um really yeah any industry any size if you have to exchange any ele- a document a business document we have a way to do it electronically okay and have you seen any sort of diversification um we know that you know for example marketplaces have really risen to the fore in the last uh, 12 months since the covid pandemic and the, the lockdowns have started and have you seen any evidence of that among your oh. customer base Oh, certainly. And, and I guess a lot of businesses would have had it in mind that that was a direction that they were going to go regardless. Um, the fact that all of a sudden they hadn't got retail premises to provide into because they'd, they'd have to close up um, probably facilitated that they had to get online quicker. Um, we had uh, in the background already got connections through to I guess the, the the big ones that you will use if you're going into an e-commerce space, which is the likes of your sort of Magento and Shopify, we have connectors into those today. And then in terms of marketplaces, which is the, I guess, the easy route to market if you're looking to go online. Uh, again, we have connections through to to Amazon and eBay and, and all the big players on that side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess the, the way to, to think about it is that, yeah, there's, there's no real big difference uh, in terms of supplying into a bricks and mortar and, and into these online both of them require the same detail effectively uh, in a similar format okay, so okay. it's, it's just facilitating that that exchange of data there's a little bit more that's probably being a bit bit oversimplistic there is a bit more yeah. detail required when we talk about online but there are messages around that and, and it's just again our role in it is to take the, the information from you put it into a format that your partner can can understand and send it across and we can do that with bricks and mortar in the same way as we can do it with the online space well that's interesting and in terms of anybody that's maybe you know starting out what i suppose at a high level are the what are the steps or what can they expect in terms of the steps they need to go through in terms of, of setting up um with the true commerce system to to trade into a marketplace for example uh, yeah, I, I guess the thing that we'd have to have in mind when we're talking about marketplace is that it's a little bit different than bricks and mortar in that the requirement on the likes of product data and information is a lot lot higher than it would be within okay. to, into the retail space. And I know GS1 have done a lot of work onto that side of things as well. Um, it really is important to have your product clearly identified all the detail in there so that people have access to that the more accurate the detail you can provide out the more accurate it's going to be on these online spaces which means that the end purchaser is going to have a better experience in terms of getting that product getting it into their hands and saying yeah this is exactly what i I expected yeah that's a that's a very interesting point um, and in thinking of i suppose exploring new markets and maybe now with with some markets being more cut off um what have you seen in terms of companies preparing for for Brexit um, and in terms of, you know, how, how they've you know changed systems over the last year or two? Yeah, it, it's been a really difficult one. And um, the whole Brexit side of things and that the decision was made so late in the day. So a lot of it was a holding pattern for the year to see what would be the, the, the eventual outcome of it. So it was very much late on in the day and we're still seeing changes in the last few weeks on it. But I guess if we look at the items that are even in the the, the, the mainstream media as to, to what has occurred. So, yeah, there's been an initial issue in terms of supply chain whereby it's cross-border. Um, but with any change, there's opportunity out there. So I guess we could see it for certainly for Irish producers. Uh, it's, a, it's a way probably into supermarket chains that pr- 
pretty much would have imported that stuff from the UK up to this point. Maybe they've felt a pain in the last few weeks and it's an opportunity then to look at local suppliers. We certainly have seen that and leading up to the new year as well, whereby some of the big retailers were looking to replace out suppliers with a like-for-like basis with domestic suppliers rather than importing it just because it's a a shorter supply chain. I guess on the opposite side of that as well, there is always a chance for export then as well. Um, Brexit probably has brought about more that it's easier to do in EU to EU. Um, So probably businesses that were set up in the UK have set up either an Irish entity or an EU entity. And that's how the trade is is managed uh, into an Irish retail space and then uh, into the UK. Yeah, provided that you have all of your your ducks and all of your information lined up it's still possible, obviously, to export into the big retailers in the UK as well, which is a, it's a strong market for a lot of Irish providers. Yes, that's it. And that's a very interesting point about the, the some of the supermarkets picking up more local suppliers to, to counteract the supply chain issues. And I think we've seen that from a sustainability point of view and from, I suppose, a customer sentiment point of view that they're they are really in favour now of, you know, buying local and, you know, buying Irish where they can. Yeah, it's the, the fresh produce, I guess, has, has been the, the, the most immediate thing that we've seen shortage on shelves um, for, for obvious reasons. And uh, here it's something we're very strong in as, as a country. So it, it certainly uh, I, I would I would welcome a, a shift towards more local suppliers on that side of things, I guess. So, Keith, talking about the, the, the Brexit and how we can all help, um, what other aspects of the solution can help? Um, Irish companies that are, are are dealing with these new challenges. Yeah, so I, I guess from the outside looking in, I was anticipating that a lot more message requirements would come into play in the lead up to Brexit. Um, we haven't quite seen those in, in an EDI sense. There are, I guess, supplementary documents that are happening outside of traditional EDI um, that, that, that probably will creep into the EDI message over time. Hasn't been an immediate effect. I guess the, the only thing immediate that we have seen because it's a, a, a requirement is around Northern Ireland and having the XI VAT code put in. Um, naturally, there was already a space within most people's EDI to do that, and it hasn't been a, okay. a big shift to do that. But longer term, I guess I would expect to see the likes of commodity codes, uh, EORI, these, this type of detail to be prevalent within orders and invoices uh, and I guess GS1 will have led the way and, and sort of advised people pr- prior to this with the likes of the, the interstate detail that we will see within uh, certainly within the hardware sector in Ireland um, and, and GS, GS1 where I, I guess the experts in terms of when that needed to be brought in and included in messages that the hardware sector reached out to GS1 and asked how would we fit this within a message standard that it's not going to cause our suppliers a difficulty and that and will, went really smoothly yeah and will suppliers see like sort of big changes to messages or do they all have to individually make the, the changes or do some of these changes happen centrally yeah and that's the interesting side of edi is that the retailer typically gets to dictate what's required in a message so, so they they set it from their side of things and actually they do reach out to their providers and like, like true commerce and they reach out to standards bodies like true uh, like gs1 
and they get advised as to how that could fit into a message that is not going to cause a problem to to their supply chain because if they make the message too difficult, ultimately it's just going to have a knock-on effect to their own supply chains as well. So, um, yes, there, there are fields that are are available within the messages today that we can put that detail. So, uh, very much it's, it's it's an open conversation at the minute as to what the requirements are, where we're going to put them in, and then how we can help people then supply that information. So you'd you'd expect that there's 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 more changes to come and more more evolution in the in the messages and in the solutions in the the coming months. Oh, I, I, absolutely. I, I guess it's not something you do on a whim um, because it does cause quite a bit of upheaval. But any time you can see an efficiency in, in terms of adding detail into a message, it's always worth looking at. Um, as long as we don't make it overly complex for people to fill it in um, and we can get that detail within an EDI message, it makes sense to do it in, a, in an automated way. Yeah. And what are the typical ways that companies of different sizes might you know, put this information in? Are there different sort of interface mechanisms? Yeah, certainly within, if, if we're talking about EDI, um, we'd, we'd have two big classifications, I guess, of supplier types. Uh, one would be your, your traditional or integrated EDI, um, whereby they have their own EDI system. And usually with those systems, they're pulling it out of a, a back office system, putting it into the, the EDI format via a provider, uh, such as TrueCommerce, and then sending it across to their customer. So with them ones, you would hope that the information could either, if it's static, be held within the EDI solution, um, or if it's a case where it's a, a dynamic piece of information that it's going to come from a back office system of some sort. And there, is, there are challenges around that. So with, with accounts packages, they don't always hold that information. Mm. But here, that, 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 that's why we're here is to assist with these conversations and, and work out a way that works best for both customers and suppliers. And in terms of maybe, you know, smaller organizations that, you know, don't have ERP systems and, you know, complex account packages, how how would they interact with a solution like this? Yeah, and, and I guess that the big retailers all have portal-based systems now as well to allow them to get electronic invoices in from all their suppliers, regardless of size. And, and with those solutions, and, and TrueCommerce do provide quite a number of them, um, it allows the same information that we would see in integrated EDI to be entered into a, a an interface online. And if, if an order is sent out, we, we, we often have that information within the order and we can allow it to be spun and, and sent back as an invoice. If not, we put in a, a, a field that it can be manually entered by the supplier. So there's no... There's no huge difference from a retailer's perspective, whether it comes in via integrated EDI or via the portal. The same information needs to be contained in both. Um, and it's our role, I guess, to facilitate it either way. Yeah. So there aren't any major barriers. You don't have to be a, a big a big organization to, to get on board with maybe digitalizing some of your supply chain and joining the world of electronic orders and invoices. Yeah, not not at all. It's not supposed to be a barrier to entry, um, and and we've always sort of sought, and and indeed the retailers themselves recognise that, and they don't want it to be a barrier. So, they've they've put in place these building blocks to allow everybody to get on board and comply with it. Um, quite often, actually, it's easier to make the change in the portal-based systems than it is in a, a back-end system because there's just less less complexity to it. It's a more straightforward yeah. system. And for I suppose anybody that's kind of curious about about learning more, what sort of resources do you have, or where can somebody go for more help? 
Yeah, it, and it, it's one of these things. We've been building up a, a knowledge repository internally as these questions have occurred. Uh, naturally, we've got quite a spread in terms of our customer makeup, be it manufacturer or retail. Uh, we, we tend to have a lot of information flowing into us. And we'd always say here, reach out to us, have a conversation. And it may be that we've already came across your explicit problem before and we can give some advice as to where we've gone with it. If it's something new to us, we can go off, have a think about it and come back. And in the same way, I guess GS1 off, uh, operates as a body. Uh, you guys have a, a wonderful widespread knowledge as to what's happening in the marketplace. And you're there for your members to, to reach out to and ask the question as to what would be the best way of approaching this. Uh, and we'd like to play a, a similar role. Yeah, that's interesting. And I suppose even just in terms of... Um True Commerce are, you know, gold partners as part of the GS1 Ireland Solution Provider Program. And I suppose why, you know, why would a company like True Commerce join the GS1 Ireland Program? Like what, what do you get out of it? Um, and what are, what are the reasons for your participation? Well, for us, it's always been an important relationship and we take a lot back from GS1. Uh, we hope we contrib- contribute a bit as well in terms of market knowledge along the way. Um, but it, it, it's, it's lovely to have these discussions openly and, and, and work out what the best way is to go about these things. It's quite easy to consider yourself the expert and go ahead and, 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 and implement changes that are not widespread, aren't used by everybody. Uh, and certainly through experience with, with GS1, we found that um, yeah, them having contact points with our direct customers, advising them on, as to how the message should be structured, how we can put data into that message, makes our job a lot easier then on the other side of things to go ahead and, and put that message into play and work with other parties on the other side of the equation. Yeah, and I think that's a very important part of the the, the partner program is that element of of creating a, a three-way community. There's the customers, there's ourselves as the standards body, and then there's yourselves as the solution providers. And I suppose making sure that it's, you know, it's it's a welcoming field for everybody to play in, that people can feel they can discuss challenges and, and work out solutions. Because I suppose um, purely from a GS1 perspective, our big feeling is that the whole point of standards is that it removes complexity, removes cost and delivers on the efficiency and cost effectiveness benefits. Um, and that's why it's very important that, you know, we work with you as solution providers to to maintain that the, the those elements, that the, the benefits of standards do actually materialize through for, for companies out there. Keith, in terms of looking ahead, um, the coming weeks and months, what are what are you anticipating and what sort of questions are you dealing with at the moment? Yeah, I, I guess the immediate thing, we, we've had some sort of slight changes around Brexit. It, it, it hasn't been as overwhelming as, as I thought it might be. Um, in, in the new year, I thought it was going to be very much all, all hands to the pump. But I expect more of that to, to trickle out in, in the coming weeks and months. Um, it hasn't been problematic, um, I must say, from a, a messaging perspective. Um, we have been able to assist some of our customers with quick fixes that needed to come into play immediately. And in terms of the, the overall change towards digital transformation and, and, and online play, I do expect that to increase. Uh, we, we've already seen quite a bit of that in the last year. Uh, and certainly some of our biggest customers are already looking towards more dropship items and, and, and endless oil philosophies, et cetera, whereby they can get more suppliers in play and, and expand their offering online. Yeah, and I think that's a that's a good point. And 
as I said, part of the, the Solution Partner Program is that we, we do facilitate this information exchange and education. So if you were happy to, I'd love to have you back again um, in a couple of months and we might talk about some of those new sales channels and mechanisms such as, as Dropship. Yeah, absolutely. Here, it's it's it, it's an ongoing conversation. These things, and um, nothing is is fixed in time. So I think there's a, there's an advantage to having regular catch ups to see what has happened in the marketplace, what's likely to happen in the marketplace, and uh, yeah, the more feedback we have um, from from every side, the, the the better place we are to make decisions. Great, Keith. Thank you very much. So, where can someone get in touch with you and find out more information about the True Commerce Solution? Sure, uh, you can. Go onto our website. There's a lot of information contained within our website, so truecommerce.com. Um, it, it will give details. Uh, you can pick up a phone, call us directly, uh, drop us an email, uh, and we'll come back with any inquiries you may have. Uh, we're also listed on the on the GS1 site as well if you're a, a member and want to, to, to get our details on there. Super. Keith, my thanks to you for your time today. Really appreciate the chat and best of luck in terms of dealing with all the queries in relation to to Brexit and changeover. Thank you, Maria. You too.